welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. Pam said that uh, a hawk hit the door earlier while she was out there. It was obviously those lazy circles were too big. Came down a little low. But she said, God is turning back when the enemy has made us pray to our independence. Oof, it's good. It's a good word. You receive that? Come on, I got a lot to say to you today. When I've been up all night, you know, I have to talk fast because I'm going to crash and burn as soon as this anointing lifts. But right now there's a fire shut up in my bones. Um, can I just meander a little bit with you today? Do I always do that? Now you're supposed to say no, Tisa, you're totally pointed and you, I know you've got notes up there you're reading from and. I've had a lot of puzzle pieces, I like to call them, because we're on the cryptography. Cryptology is what I want to call it, but it's really tography, I believe. Obviously, it's not quite seared in there because I can't. But basically, a bunch of random supernatural puzzle pieces trying to make them make sense for you, right? Y'all been still doing that? One of them was I... I ran on to probably three people this week that I would say freaked out or talked to me about freaking out in the past. You know what a freak out is, don't you? And so I, you know, part of, part of what I like to do is I like to pursue what a prophetic meaning is of just about everything that I possibly can and I have time for. It takes a lot of time to do that. Don't you like to do that, though, instead of just getting slopped around like a pinball machine? I like to be like, we're here, we're seeing this hawk on on the door on purpose. So I'm seeing the freak out on purpose, right? And um, I watched, it made me think of atmospheres, and I've talked to us a lot about your authority in God is, a, is the reason for it is to change atmospheres, right? If we could just live with that permanently seared into to my mind, to your mind, that where I, when I walk into a place, I'm meant to turn on the light switch, literally. And so I'm meant to go to dark places and I'm meant to go to places where my voice hasn't been heard yet. And you know how many times you have to say something for someone to remember it? It's not just once. You know, that's what we want to do. Have you ever done the pray and run? You know, the prof- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're giving them a pretty, as you're leaving, you know, just leaving it with them, right? I mean, I heard some pretty cool stories from Friday night, both in the house and outside the house. I mean, isn't it the point? Isn't it the point of living? Metadessa, not a Tessa. But I begin to think about atmospheres, so I, I, I'm not scientific. I'm a colorist, okay? There's no scientific in color, okay? <laughs> but I, I went on a search for a scientific version, and I saw this really cool 
um, demonstration, and it was this bottle water. I tried to reproduce it in the green room, and you know, basically, we're soaking wet right now. But anyway, um, <laughs> but what what he did was he filled a bottle of water and he stuck three little tips of a match on the top, and he set it in there and he squeezed the bottle. And the match tips went down. And when he released, they went back up. When he squeezed, they went down. When he let go, they went back up. It's a cool experiment, right? So that's one of my prophetic pieces for today. And how many have been under pressure this week? Raise your hand, Lynn. Okay, let me help you with pressure. You know, I like how Bill says it, that... Basically, let me paraphrase his thoughts, I think. The problem isn't the problem. When you, have you faced a problem this week, anybody? That's not the focus. How many know sometimes we freak out when there's a problem? Is anyone accustomed to doing that? Stop doing that. (laughs) You're going to miss... You're going to miss the prophetic peace because it's hidden within the problem. Right? It's hidden within the problem. And so it's much like that. When the pressure comes, what's hidden, because see, the thing it was you couldn't see the little matchsticks. They were hidden by the cap because it was completely full of water. Right? So when it, whenever the pressure came, you saw the answer. Okay, well, Lynn got it, if, and she's black and white, so if she got it, then y'all can go talk to her later, and she'll finish that. But take that with you this week, because you're going to need it when pressure comes. Okay, good? Um, now, I spent a lot of time just meditating with the Lord this week, which for me, it didn't, if you were watching me, it wouldn't look like I was doing a thing. Because I'm not in search of anything. I'm just abiding. And I had this interesting thing happen to me. Let me just try to describe it to you. Um, on Wednesday night, I'm, I'm on this series. I, I still have the same slide. I, <laughs> I, know I, I made a new one, I think, with a little, no, look, the one up above. Yeah, look at that. I, went, I put that whole entire triangle on there. I had I had other hopes in mind, but I was meditating, so I didn't. <laughs> so on Wednesday night, I had planned to talk to you about the functions of the watchman. I actually had a couple notes on it. I know it's shocking, um, but he didn't let me talk about that. I talked about whatever I talked about Wednesday night. I mean, I know I talked about the watchman, but then this week while I was meditating, he told me that. Um, now see, I've been in this prophetic thing my whole life, this prophetic thing, and we had a lot of definitions in the prophetic thing, in religion. And how many, how many have figured out it's a lot harder to get over those old religious definitions than anybody told you, right? Right? How many were raised in religion and you know it? See, 
How many were raised not in religion? That's the rest of you, right? (laughs) The definitions that religion puts on things are not God. And this is a buzzword, watchman. It's one of those words that um, gets thrown around a lot. And we all, when you heard it, did anybody have some definitions that popped into their head? Anybody? Well, I want to dismantle those. Is that okay? Because my heart is to teach you to hear him for you. You can call me and I can hear him. But if you hear him for you, life's going to be sweet. And it takes training to do that. Why? Because we have all these other definitions. Or, you know, like Cece, she came, her dad was an atheist and her mom was had the religious spirit. And so she's a childlike, bride-like. And so that didn't really work. There wasn't any place for her supernatural, spiritual gifts to operate in that setting. So listen... You were equipped by God. Remember how I told you the story? You're up in heaven. You're in your little pod. Okay, this is my own rendition. Just, And he's whispering to you what your purpose is. And he shoots you down to earth. Right? And you got here. And you were, you were welcomed into an environment. Now see, only you know. Whether that environment trained you after God's heart or not. You can tell me your stories of your childhood. I can hear it in your stories whether you know who you are or not. But at the end of the day, we're all pretty much adults in here. And at the end of the day, (laughs) I know. At the end of the day, you're going to have to do the work to rewrite the definitions over your life. All I can do is tell you truth. And remember what this truth of salvation, it continues to unfold. Remember I told you that it was like a map. Remember? It, it just keeps unfolding. The things that you know today, I hope, I hope by the time you're my age that you've discovered something new. Don't? Yeah. That's, that's what it, right? I hope, right? And so... As I was spending time with him, this is what he told me. He said, the watchman of this generation watches with their senses. Snap, you got a slap on that one, didn't you? That's good, right? How do you feel about... Now, let me, let me just tell you a little bit about this God I know. I've, I've hung out with him a lot. And the more that I know him, the less I know him. But, but, but the pursuit gets so much more within me because I'm, I crave. See, this is what meditating gets you. It gets you crying. I crave to know him. Not my way. But Yahweh's way, I crave that.
See, you've got to understand that that your, your assignment on earth, see, my assignment is to make him known. So who do I run into? People that don't know him. People that know weird things about him and try to tell me it's him. But see, I know him. I've known him for a long, long time. I say this about me. He is all I've ever known. I've never walked away from knowing him. I have never walked away from him. And so that causes my life to have this motion. That causes my life to have this emotion from my motion. And I'm not ashamed that... He is the passion. He is the breath. He's the reason I get up. He's the one I want to exalt. He's the one I want to tell people about. He's the only topic that gets me this excited. Until my dying day, I will make him known. And so I, when I come up to people and they, and they don't know him, I know. See, I know whether people know him because I know what they would sound like if they knew him. And so I was thinking about that part of what I feel like is his heart over we reawakening us, we reawakening us, or we awakening us. For those of you who don't know, I get my R's and W's mixed up sometimes, but that's okay. Y'all think it's endearing, right? He's, he's trying to wake us up to the fact that time is of the essence. This assignment of yours, it's not, it's not for another time. Breezy, it's for this time. Now's the time, Gerald. Now's the time. And see, whenever I know when the time is, guess what's there? Anointing's there. Favor is there. Open doors are there. Doors that man can't shut. And so that's why when I was talking last week about 1 Corinthians and I was saying, or Wednesday, I think it was, you know, I figured out a long time ago, I can do whatever I want to do pretty much and it's not fatal yet. My mom calls me an extreme risk taker. I don't really think I am, but compared to her, maybe, right? But see, it's not risky when you know the one speaking. See, my faith to do what he says is in the one. See, God wants to blow your life open. He wants to expand how you know him over the earth. That's his promise. In Habakkuk it says, right? Oh, wait, I think I got that shirt on again today. How did that happen? 
Moo has it on. It's the reason we do one life. It's to cover the earth with the knowledge of how I know him. So guess what? I better get to know him. And the more, listen, let me just tell you this little feeling. I started to say it while ago. The more you know him, the more you feel like you don't know him. But it creates momentum to know him more. Don't be nervous about the feeling that you don't know what the heck you're doing. Just don't be nervous about that feeling, right? Now, I'm a knower. Who else is a knower in here? Something we've talked about a lot in here. Who's a CC's a feeler, feeler, feeler. I know a lot of people want to be a feeler, but you're, you, you just get your feelings hurt. It's different. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I'm just helping you. <laughs> and part of the reason to even know these things, I know what personality I am. I know what personality all of y'all are. I know, I know people's personalities when I meet them for two minutes. I, God shows me their spiritual gifts because why part of my job on the planet, my assignment is to train leaders to lead. Yes. Yes. I, it's all I'm interested in. I'm not interested in getting you saved every Sunday. I'm interested in you walking in the door and getting some equipment and tools for this coming week because you're going to meet up with some devils. And you're going to meet up with some pressure in the atmosphere that you have the power to change. And so you've got to learn how to do that. And part, part of knowing even how to deliver the message comes from knowing who you are. I think I said it Wednesday too. You've got to love how he made you. Don't love what someone wrote on you. Relearn who you are according to him and then love on it. Some of us have a hard time doing that. We're still there. That's just 101. It does you no good to hate on yourself. You will never advance anything. You'll never actually feel better. Hating on you or your spouse or your coworkers or your boss. It's a irrelevant activity. Another thing I encountered this week, few people hating on themselves. So that's why I gave you that free commercial there. Now, Tessa wrote it in her words. She didn't know I was going to talk about it, but there was a cost to buy you. I don't know how you feel about that, but I it it it, it helps me with my momentum to know I owe. Some of y'all don't like that, I know, but for the brides, we like that. The brides like that. Because we got the we got the we got the engagement ring, so we know that whatever it looks like it costs us on this side is nothing because we've seen the prize, right? And so then, whenever whenever we hear people talking about the cost, we're like, "Now what? You had to you had to give up what, Doctor Pepper? Okay, well." 
that seems like a big cost for you? You see, because the brides are like, I'll throw my I'll throw my year's wage of perfume, liquid, on his feet and dry it with my hair. I don't really care. So see, some of these ways just separates us a little bit, right? Of how we maneuver with this Holy Spirit who is the animator of us. Don't you love that Jesus said, I'm going to leave you? Don't you love the Holy Spirit? Come on, don't you love the Holy Spirit? He's the only one that can tell you stuff that you would not know. Right? He makes supernatural fun. He's like the great coach of the supernatural, isn't he? That's how I see him. He's like, come on, let's get out there. Come on, I got stuff to do today. You can do it. I just saw Deion Sanders got hired at this little podunk college. And he's calling himself Coach Prime. I don't know if anybody, does anybody know who Deion Sanders is? And man, he's, he's transforming the place. He got Walmart to donate a whole field, a whole entire field. And guess where this little college is? It's where George Floyd, Floyd his, the county he was killed in or somewhere right around there. And he's like calling in, you know, he's a Christian, right? I don't know if you know that. He it says Dern, so instead of darn. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, I know. Come on, everybody, let's just do this motion. No one got that? Okay, that's all right. It's okay. Y'all are a slow crowd today. It's okay. It's all right. I've been up all night. And so in this price, in this understanding of who we are, then he begins to unfold to us all these special things he puts within us. So he put within me this, this knowing gift. I cannot even turn that thing off if I want to. And I want to sometimes. I, there's stuff I know in the middle of the night that I don't want to know. And no one called me or texted me because that knowing gift is never off. Your gifts are never off. You may not be good at them. You might have this huge machine gun of a gift and you're just shooting it all over everybody. Your delivery may be poor. You may not be diplomatic with your supernatural tool, but it still is there. It's not going to go away. He's not going to come by one day and say, you're so not good at that. Give it back. Without repentance. So that... Lean into the tension of that. We either figure out how to use it or we blow up everything. (laughs) Have you blown up anything? Have you figured out your supernatural gift was somewhere in there somewhere? It just got a little bit wired the wrong way. I love to think about wiring. I love electrical. Sid, well, you can do everything. Don't raise your hand. But see, we, we just bought this house, and their, their light switches, again, did I mention it? They're so bad, Lynn had to label them with a label maker. You know I'm going to be changing that right away, because no one can find. It's like everybody is just announcing, oh, does anyone know where the light's on the, no, no one knows where that switch is. And then there's those ones that you flip, and they don't do anything. And you label them non? I mean, what do you put there? Right? And so we had this 
come on, stay with me. I'm just telling some stories right now. We had this one switch. It was a four-way switch. That means that there's four, I mean, three different places. It doesn't make any sense. It's like plumbing. Four-way means three, but it don't matter. Anyway, just like a two-by-four isn't a two-by-four, but it's okay. Let's don't get into the three places this one light could turn on. They were not convenient. So Pam and I, we decided we would separate them all. And then we would put different lights with these switches that were already there. Smart, right? But see, it's not that easy. I can want to rewire that whole thing. And I can say, well, this is a better place for this. And this is a better place for this. But the wire directed all of that. So guess what? All that has to come out. That, that's all that's happening. Listen, you, you've got a bunch of switches. You don't even know what they go to. And you're just flipping them. You're just living with it. And he's like, no, listen, baby. I've come in. You don't need that there. You don't need that there. Let's take that out. Let's move that over here. How many have had that reworking process? It's so fun. And now you have stuff conveniently located that actually works with you. Listen, if you're an introvert, you're never going to be an extrovert. If you're an extrovert, you're never going to be an introvert. Right? Let's stop trying to be something we're not. So, that being said, as watchmen, we have to own that title. And let him redefine it for us. Wouldn't it be great if we all just sat down with him and we said, How am I a watchman? I'm going to give you a few ways. But wouldn't it be great, just an idea for the kings in the room, to search out a matter for you? Because when God speaks that something's important, it's vital that we see it all the way to the end. That we don't just get our ears tickled and say, Whoa, the... man, that was so good. Y'all all tell me that. But guess what? Do you do the work of letting the message transform what he intended? Right? So it should translate into what? Your actions changing. What's he trying to change today? What you do. If we were all doing it, we wouldn't have to meet together. Why, why do we have a corporate session? Because there's nothing else that happens when a bunch of anointed people get together. When the Holy Spirit is number one, you can't reproduce this at home. You can have amazing stuff at home. We do. You can. But you can't reproduce this any other way. That's why they said, don't forget to get together. Because there's something that happens when you come with that expectation. Okay, the whole team's getting together now. All the leaders in the room, all their anointings pressed together. It's a cool gig. And so part of, of this restructuring comes in a corporate setting. I mean, we, we create all kinds of opportunities. What's the point? You can't forget your why. We're not just getting together just to talk about nothing. We're getting together to change. Are we? Yes. So, the first thing that he told me about 
this generation's watchmen is that they have to have the biblical definition of pure. And I thought I knew what that meant. Let's read some stuff, shall we? You can turn here with me if you want. I'm going to go to Psalms 51. I mentioned it a while ago. It says, you long to enthrone, this is Psalms 51, 6, in the voice, you long to enthrone truth throughout my being. Listen, you have got to live by the word of God. It is the standard of truth, not what some politician creates this year in reaction to something. Listen, I've owned my own business for 30 years. Um, let me just shoot it to you straight, can I? Okay, all those who don't want me to shoot it to you straight, just right now go to your happy place, wherever that is in your little mind. But what I say at my business goes. If you want to work for me, you're going to represent me. You're going to act like I want you to act. You're going to dress like I want you to dress. You're going to treat the customer like I want you to treat, or you're not going to work for me. I get to make those rules. I don't go, what are they doing over at Walmart? Or my favorite well-run establishment, Taco Bueno. What are they doing over? Let's do that. They've kind of gone downhill. I don't know if you know. Stop going there because you're not getting any better. Are you, are you with me? Now listen, here's the rub. I am an entrepreneur, and so I go into people's homes with a mission. They think it's to paint their walls and tile their shower, but it's really to transform their heart. And so I had to train my girls to go there to do that. Otherwise, we would get tired. Because tiling and painting is hard. But see, when we go for the right reason, it's energizing. You're on the edge. You're on the edge. When is the next place that we're going to go? And what's happening over there? And you just stumble onto people at Home Depot and Lowe's and HIS Paint and this place and that place that what? Hey, I want to tell you my story. Because why? That's our mission. Now, that truth has been enthroned in them. We don't have to sit down and have a conversation that says, how are you going to treat that customer today? Are you wearing your bikini today to work? <laughs> we don't have to have that conversation. I'm just saying. I know, I'm being extreme. I mean, we probably wouldn't wear a bikini to work, but it's just a little joke. You are so serious today. That conversation never occurs because I know that truth is enthroned in them. Now, see, here's the rub. When I go to a Home Depot or a public school or Walmart or a food establishment, they have a boss. And you could tell 
It's not Chick-fil-A. They're not saying, my pleasure to serve you. Right? You can tell by who lives there, works there, resides there, there all day, what kind of boss they have. It's enthroned on their heart. Now see, what we have to understand is my anointing, your anointing, it goes to those kinds of places. And it says, hmm. The Holy Spirit's going, oh, I'm excited you're here. Because we're going to transform this place with truth. I'm going to set you up. You're going to say something to the boss just at the right time, at the right place, at the right. And he, it, it's going to blow his mind. Right? Because why? Truth is enthroned. Inside me. Now listen, there, there is help for truth outside you. I like to use my favorite, speeding. Right? I want to make you all raise your hand who loves to speed, but I won't. So I learned, learned years ago, why speed? My favorite thing is that guy behind me that's, and then we go right up to the light together. And I look over. Hi, bud. Caught you back there when you were tailgating me. Right? Because why? It's an outside truth. Here's what some people decided would be the safe way to drive. And you decided because you don't have truth enthroned. You've decided you're going to make another truth. And you're going to live by this truth unless you get pulled over. Now, see, I learned this truth at 18 in my red sports car. Three tickets, three months in a row. I never got another ticket. I've never had a wreck. That's a, that's a good cleric way. That's how we learn. I'm like, why would I spend money and go to that class again? <laughs> I'm never going to that class ever again, that driver's class, you know, until you got to go to so you wouldn't have to pay for the ticket. No, I'm not doing that no more. Why? Because there's no reason to speed. Listen, he lives outside of time. I know you don't know that. That's why you're speeding. You think you're going to get somewhere faster. You're not. Because why? Truth is not enthroned. Now, see, you can multiply that over a billion things. Is truth enthroned or not? You know it. And when I'm taking shortcuts over watching over my own heart, when my ideals and my values, when what I put my time and my money and my pursuits don't line up with my mission, with my anointing, then truth is not enthroned. He longs. <laughs> Do you hear him today? He longs for truth to be enthroned on your heart because that's the heart he can sway with a whisper. That's the heart he can say, do this, and you're like, I didn't even know that would cost me anything. But see, when truth is not enthroned, I'm looking at the bank account, and I'm like, I can't tithe. And do you hear that little voice? Why are you robbing God? That's your rental for being on the planet. That's the bare necessity. Guaranteed you'll barely squeak through in life when you just tithe only. You'll just squeak through. 
And the other thing is, when I just tithe like that, I'm like, well, God, this is your promise that I will be protected the rest of my life. It has nothing to do with it. Psalms 91 says, I'm underneath this great big wing, no matter what. See, when truth is enthroned, I operate by the word. I can't not, because truth is talking to me. Truth is enthroned. Truth is saying, are you sure you want to speak? Are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure you want to say that? Are you sure you want to look that way? Are you sure? I love David so much. You know, Cece reminds me so much. I call her our psalmist around here. She wrote an amazing word today. I don't know if she can choke it out or not. I read it and wept and wept and wept. You know, God has gifted her with the ability to speak and write words for him that absolutely are an arrow to the very core of our identity. See, because that's what a father does. He gives you identity. A father gives you protection and he gives you provision. And so if I don't know him as father, I'm missing those three major elements in my life. You know, the greatest way, I just have to say this as a side note, sidebar, is if I don't feel like I can trust people, he's the most trustworthy of them all. He has never forsaken you. He has never let you down. There is nothing about God that is not completely trustworthy. And so when, if I begin, to, I would just ask him, show me how I can trust you. Just be real with God. That's what I love about Cece. She's just so real. She's just like, oh, I hope she reads it. Come on, just pray for her right now. She'll read it. <laughs> because why? Because it's so, it so impacted me that she would just be so real. And David's that same way. Can we just read this Psalm 51? God, give me mercy from your fountain of forgiveness. Do you know when he wrote this? After Bathsheba. Remember what happened? It says, when kings were supposed to be out at war, David looked over and saw another man's wife, took her for his own, got her pregnant, killed the man, and the prophet had to come tell him the story of the lost sheep, remember, of the little lamb, little goat, lamb, whatever. I heard that goats were smart. But anyway... That was a side note. I don't know why that popped in there. Every now and then, I feel like I have a story there coming. But, but listen, this is, this is his confession. When I read this, this will help you when Cece reads. Give me mercy from your fountain of forgiveness. I know your abundant love is enough to wash away my guilt because your compassion is so great. Take away this shameful guilt of sin. Forgive the full extent of my rebellious ways and erase this deep stain on my conscience. For I'm so ashamed. I feel such pain and anguish within me. I can't get away from the sting of my sin against you, Lord. Everything I did, I did right in front of you and you saw it all. Against you and you above all have I sinned. Everything you say to me is infallibly true and your judgment conquers me. Lord, I have been a sinner from birth from the moment my mother conceived me. Wow. I, now, I know that you delight to set your truth deep in my spirit. So come into the hidden places of my heart and teach me wisdom. 
Purify my conscience. Make this leper clean again. Wash me in your love until I'm pure in heart. Satisfy me in your sweetness. My song of joy will return. The places within me you have crushed. Now, I think that's hilarious. God didn't crush him. Isn't it funny? See, when we paint the picture of our own life, we tend to shape it. I love this because this entire chapter is how to return to purity. If you struggle with knowing that you're pure, this is the chapter for you. See, when I begin to, remember I talked about ingesting the word in Revelations, he talked about that the angel came and gave him the scroll and said, eat this. Remember when he ingested it, it tasted like honey, but then it was bitter in in his stomach. Why? Yes, there's a responsibility. That is true spiritual maturity. I'm responsible to the truth then. Not to some leader saying, hey, I'm responsible to the truth. Me, me alone. I'm responsible to the truth. And I can tell you it is so much funner to do your assignment guilt-free. Anybody ever had guilt in here? Any one person in this room ever had guilt? Anybody, anybody, anybody? It is a weighty version of life. And it is wielded by Lou himself. That's why it says, the accuser of the brethren and sistren is junked over to Walmart. Where's his end? The place God made for him, the lake of fire. Listen, he accuses you day and night. He (laughs) accuses... Let me help you. Lou, Lucifer. That's what we call him around here, Lou. He accuses you day and night. Day and night. He doesn't sleep. Day and night. He's reminding you and others of your sin. The one that Jesus can't remember anymore. The one that is so far from the E. Wouldn't it be great if your mind could forget it? We should have had that class. The greatest weight you will face as a Christian is to live as though you have never sinned. Listen to me. God knew you would do wrong. God made you and gave you with a propensity to do wrong. How does that make you feel? All you afraid of all you afraid of doing wrongers. You're doing wrong being afraid of doing wrong. Wrong entered already. (laughs) So, would you prefer to live, do what he says do, even though you kind of know you're not real, you kind of stink at it? And when you kind of know, they're not real great at it. Would you rather live like that and then just grace is like a constant flow to you? You, you keep messing up, so you need more grace. You need more grace because you keep messing up. You need more empowerment. You need more grace. You need more intercession. Till you get to the point where you're like, wow, I see that action leads to that. I didn't really put those together before. 
I didn't realize I was reaping what I was sowing. I thought I was just sowing something. I didn't realize the reaper was coming. Because they're reaping so slow. Wouldn't it be great if it was the Ananias and Sapphira district? <laughs> oh, they were lying. Well, that was a good way to know right there. They're dead. But you don't have that. You can lie for a really long time. It's not fatal. See, but I have got to learn to live in this place that His grace is sufficient for me. Have I messed up this week? Absolutely. Will I mess up this week? No, I'm not going to this week. But anyway, the week after... His grace is the empowerment to learn from what I did when I hurt you. I, I could ask you, every, I've heard everybody in this room. Well, maybe not. They're, they're too new. But I've heard everybody in this room. Why? Because I'm a human being. Right? You maybe have hurt me. But guess what? I... We have this grace exchange now. Come here, bro. Come here. This is grace. This is grace. Okay, okay, I'm not going to touch you because you'll pull, pull me down. This is grace. Who's not so weak? No, I'm just kidding. This is grace. This is grace. It's an exchange of grace. It's an exchange of grace. It's an exchange of what I need. And then guess what happens? To whom much has been forgiven, the strange things occurred. I begin to rejoice. Oh my gosh, I'm amazing because I've been, I realize I'm forgiven. That's what makes me amazing, realizing I'm forgiven. When you come to the place where you're like, I actually am forgiven. Like I actually can live like I haven't sinned. It wasn't the problem in the first place. And so then when he says, son of man, you say, yes, sir. When he calls you at 1.30 in the morning and you're like, I didn't have this in mind. You say yes. You say yes. And so this, this purity, I love how Jesus said it. Can we, oh gosh, are you serious? It's time for me to stop. Hang on, can I read one? Man. Come on, just think about that pizza later. Matthew 5. We got a new pizza oven. So. Pizza Bailey, where is she? I was going to tell her we make her. What bliss. Matthew 5, 8. Fashion. What bliss. Turn to your neighbor and say bliss. She's talking about bliss right here. You experience when your heart is pure. Wait. This is Jesus talking. For then, these, your eyes will be open to see more of God. Psalms 51, the way to have purity. Matthew 5, what you do with purity. You see God. You see God. But listen, I, let me just pray this over us, okay? Let's just, let's just for a moment realize what a privilege that we serve a God that can make our hearts pure with the sprinkling. It's not even a lot of blood. The sprinkling 
the sprinkle, like you could go to the Catholic church and get baptized this way. The sprinkling of the blood is what makes you pure in his eyes. And guess what? He's the one that decides. So right now I just release the anointing of purity to be apprehended by us and be seen by us. And as we learn more about the purity of the watchman, I pray that we would, our eyes would be open to see that our life is worth watching over. And we partner with you today, Papa. And just as Cece's word is going to say, you have a part that is way bigger than my part. My part is just coming to you and confessing and being like a little child. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.